Hey, what's up, family? Welcome to the Wholeness Journey course. My name is Joshua Ezzi, also known as Coach Josh, and my goal is to help you make sense of your life and to help you grow holistically for God's optimal use. For those who's joining me for the very first time, I hope y'all are well. For those who's been rocking me for a long time, I hope you all are well. Those who's listening, those who's watching, welcome to this week's course as we talk about Do You Love You? the importance of spiritual mathematics. So as you're watching, get everybody involved, share this link, share this out to everyone as possible. And as everyone is coming in, I want to let you guys know about some few things that I have going on, like the book that sparked this course, which is a, 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 a follow-up to The Purpose of Singleness, but it's a book for everyone called The Wholeness Journal. Are you whole enough to hold? The important question that we all have to ask ourselves, are we whole enough to hold the things we desire to hold? And are we able to hold the things we have in our lives? So this book right here has over 120 reflective questions, has over uh, 25 uh, has 25 articles, as well as 52 entries for you um, to examine yourself weekly to see if you are whole enough. Also got a card game that I created. One of the uh, best things that I think God has uh, 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 given me the ability to create is this book called Whole, this game called Whole, the first one to spell whole wins. It's a fun, interactive card game for families, uh, 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 couples, uh, people, period. To just really see, am I whole enough to hold? So those books, card games are available now on my website, IamUnplugged.com. Also, if you need some one-on-one coaching, if you want a relationship coaching, spiritual coaching, singleness coaching, purpose, branding, and other forms of coaching, make sure you hit the link in the description box below uh, and let me know what your budget is per hour or hours. You let me know and I would love to serve you. So all those things, including more, are available in the description box below, whether you're watching on YouTube, listening on podcasts, but if you're on Facebook, make sure you go to my website, IamUnplugged.com. Now that we have some people here, what's going on, Vanessa? Hope you're well. Uh, Kay Kusant, good afternoon. Let's get right into today's discussion. And for those um, who are, are uh, who has been abreast to this course, we are now uh, shifting a little bit. Uh, but the scripture that is our main core scripture is this. It says, count it all joy, James 1, 2 through 3. It says, count it all joy. My brothers and sisters, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces patience and let patience have its full effect or in some versions, perfect work that you may be perfect or whole, complete, lacking nothing. Like we said for the last couple of uh, uh, sessions is that each underlying word, each underlying word in this uh, verse our responsibility words, meaning that is our responsibility. If we want to be perfect or whole, complete and lack enough, it is our responsibility to make sure that we know how to count, to ensure that we know why our faith must be tested and our responsibility of letting patience have her full effect. So those words right there are responsibility words that we have to make sure that we understand. And right now in our course right now, we're under the word count, spiritual mathematics. Do I know how to count? Do I know how to discern? Do I know how to see what's in front of me? Now, the verse that we're going to have for the next couple of or next three um, weeks, Lord willing, will be 1 John 4, verse 4, which says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, 
but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. There's also three B's in there that we're going to focus on throughout the next three or four weeks. And that's the word beloved. That's the word believe and the phrase, but test, giving myself the time to test. But today and maybe next week, we won't be under the word beloved. Let's keep going. Now, the main point for today's lecture is this. And make sure you share this out to people, uh, because I really think that this is very important that we understand what it means to be loved by God and to love others. Now, the main point is this. Before you behold, you must be loved. Before you behold, before you uh, grasp, see, see with your eyes, apprehend with your hands, behold or beheld anything that you desire to have in life, right? You first must be loved because if you're not loved by God, you won't know how to love like God, right? So the problem is this. Let's get into it. So many people are falling into demonic traps over and over again because they have yet to fall in love with God. So many people are falling into demonic traps over and over again because they have yet to fall in love with God. Their lack of awareness and or appreciation for God's love, right, has caused them to not love themselves, leading them to distributing their love recklessly or opening themselves routinely. I'll give you some time, let that sink in. <clears throat> so many people, so many people are falling into demonic traps over and over again because they have yet to fall in love with God. Falling in love. You know, many times you heard me say that we don't fall in love, but we grow in love. But the initial um, step before growing in love, I must fall into the loving hands of God. I must release myself into his love. I must, like the dead sea and his buoyancy and saltiness, float and lean in, in the love of God. So many people are falling into demonic traps, whether it's a counterfeit husband, counterfeit wife, counterfeit boyfriend, counterfeit girlfriend, counterfeit job, counterfeit city, counterfeit after counterfeit after counterfeit set by the demonic traps over and over again because they have yet to fall in the love of God, meaning they have yet to just say, God, hey, man, everywhere I am, your love is. I fall into it. I trust it. I'm working from your love, not for your love. And so many people right now are, are, are living their lives for love, looking for it instead of walking from love. The big difference is this. When I'm working from love, I'm confident. When I'm walking from love, I'm assured. When I'm walking from love, I'm cured, right? But if I'm walking or working for love, I can end up falling into love in all the wrong places. If I'm looking for love, I'm looking to be completed by a man, by a woman, by a friend, by whomever or whatever, I will find myself uh, um, not myself. I will be looking for myself in all the wrong places versus finding myself in God. That's why it's important to say, I ask yourself, Am I working from God's love? Do you walk into every room confidently? Do you walk into every room assured of who you are? Or do you fall into the opinions of how everybody sees you? Right? So the importance is, is that I must fall into the love of God so I can grow in the love of God so I can walk in the love of God, right? So, so many people are falling into demonic traps over and over again because they have yet to fall in love with God. Their lack of awareness. And their or 
their lack of appreciation for God's love has caused them to not love themselves, leading them to distributing their love recklessly or opening themselves up to them. What does that mean? Every day I am fully aware of God's love for me. Like I told my students uh, about, do you believe? And we're, I'm going to kind of share that same message that I share with them, my ninth graders, and I'm going to share with you all in the next couple of weeks about self-belief and belief that that, that is uh, emboldened by or from the belief in God, right? And I told them that I am fully aware that God loves me. That it doesn't matter what kid respects or don't respects me. It doesn't matter who respects or don't respects me. It don't matter what goes on in my life. All I know is that the lover of my life loves me. And how that exudes from an individual, that when they know their love of God and they are aware of it, right? They are aware of God's love. Now, that you can't stop there. You can't just be aware of God's love, but not appreciate God's love or apprehend God's love. What I mean by that is so many people are aware. I know God loves me, but do you actually appreciate it? Are you are fully aware? Or like, or Do you apprehend it? Like, Do you comprehend it? Like, Do you know that he loves you more than anyone? Because love leads to trust. When I know he loves me, I know that he got me, which then gives me peace, no matter what phase of life I'm in, because I know that, that he's everywhere, that his love is like a shield, that he supports me and that he strengthens me. That's essential for me. But a lot of people are not even aware or appreciative of God's love. And some people who don't appreciate God's love, right? They fall into uh, arrogance. They fall into uh, attitudes that are beyond the capabilities of human um, beings, right? So their lack of awareness and or appreciation for God's love has caused them to not love themselves. The love of God levels me up into a place where I love myself. Because when I love myself, I learn how to distribute myself. A lot of people are distributing themselves from a lack of love of self that comes from a lack of awareness or appreciation of God's love, which then caused so many people to give more than God's guidance is telling them to give. We should be always in everything guided by God's love for us, guided by the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Which would then make us tell a good thing no. <laughs> One of the most powerful words in a person that loves themselves, that is fully loved by God, the most powerful word in their vocabulary is no. They love God. They love themselves so much that they are able to say no and not distribute their love uh, uh, recklessly. Let's keep going because I'm, I'm, I'm spending a lot of time just on the problem, <laughs> on my first couple of points, right? Their lack of awareness and or appreciation for God's love has caused them. Now, cause them to produce these effects, cause them to not love themselves, leading them to distributing their love recklessly, meaning they're just like anybody can have access here, 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 everyone, everywhere, everywhere. You get love. You get my love. You get my love. You get my love. Right. And and love, make sure you understand. I'm not sitting here saying that you're not supposed to love everyone, but your distribution of love should be accurate. Your distribution should be love of love should come from the leadership and love from God and dwelling in you by his spirit. And then based upon the energy that you have, most people are distributing their energies and their loves beyond their ability. So many people are living on E right now. And they're expecting to drive a 400 mile uh, um, journey with uh, with their gas on E with no desire to stop at a gas station. That doesn't make sense, right? So the leadership of the Holy Spirit, the love of God through his Holy Spirit will then limit you 
because you don't have the capability. The Bible says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Anything beyond that is sin. Yes, let your yes be yes means that, yes, you have my word. Yes, I'm capable. Yes, I consider the, the sacrifice and the consequences. And I have consulted God or asked God or feel the leadership of God to do it. So, yes. No also means that that no, <laughs> either I don't have the energy, the economics to be able to, or I don't feel like the Holy Spirit is leading me, right? But even if you do, if you're a yes, God is even saying, even with your yes, still say no. What I mean by that is, yes, you are capable, but no, you shouldn't. Yes, you're able, but no is not wise. Yes, you have the energy. Yes, you have the money, but this ain't the right time, honey. That's what God is saying. And we have to process that accordingly so that we don't lose ourselves, right? Let me see. I think that's all I got to say on that. <clears throat> so many people are falling into demonic traps over and over again. Write in the comments. Let me know in the chat. What are some uh, uh, demonic traps? What are some counterfeit things that people fall into? Let's get engaged. What are some things for those who watching me live? Again, and those who want to engage, even those who watch later, they have yet to fall in love with God, right? Their lack of awareness and or appreciation for God's love has caused them to not love themselves, leading them to distributing their love recklessly or opening themselves up routinely. What I mean by routinely is this. So many people right now, uh, they have these these uh, seesaw uh, pull and push relationships, right? So the guy knows that I can always go back to her. I'm going to give her two months. She'll be softened by then. She may say no for two weeks, but if I come back to week three, she'll be softened again. So that she or he keeps opening themselves up routine. Let's keep going. Now, the process of beholding. Let's talk about the process of beholding. Let's see who's in the chat now. Miami Soldier says, what's up? What's going on, family? Uh, Audrey, Audrey, Arbriel says, morning. Good morning to you. Timely word. I'm, I'm glad God is good. This is good. I'm glad it is. My favorite show is Life with the Ezzy. <laughs> the Holiness Food Store Burgers. I'm so glad that you're enjoying um, the uh, Ezzy Life YouTube channel. For those who don't know about it, make sure you subscribe as well. Me and my wife, will, me and my wife are vlogging a little bit more now. Uh, all this is in the Holiness Journal. No, this is the, this portion right here. Uh, is supporting the journal. So there's a lot, like 120 questions, and a lot of the questions, a lot of the points I'm sharing right now, but a lot of it is, this is supposed to be a support to that journal. Uh, faith, God, God has been, pocket me, the Holy Spirit has been loving on me like a, like a love I never, that's right, that's good. God's girl, what's going on? All right, let's get into it. <clears throat> the process to beholding. A lot of people right now, they have great aspirations of what they want to hold on or what they want to be held or behold. Behold, by definition, is to see with your eyes, to apprehend or grasp with your hands, to behold, to be present for. A lot of people want to be present in a marriage, present in parenting. A lot of people want to be present in success. People want to be present in the mansions. They want to be present in Bugattis and Bentleys and Rolls Royces. If not, a 2022 Honda. It don't even matter. Right? But a lot of people want to be present in these different things, but they don't know the process of holding these different things. Right. So the process to be holding starts with first, number one, belonging. It is important that you know that you belong. Often people who is in ministry, they understand the three B's. And I, I added a little bit more. I added six B's. But the three B's is if you want to change a person's behavior and their belief, you got to make sure they first feel like they belong. 
The reason why a lot of people are not going to be in position to behold things, or even if they do behold it, they won't behold it long, is because they belong wrong, right? They're belonging to the wrong groups. Who do you identify with? What is the source of your identity? Is God your identity? Is he the one that determines your dignity? Right. Does he is he the one that that makes you feel um, that you're in, that you're capable of doing anything? Whoever, whatever you belong to will determine what you behold and how long you behold it. God saying, man, you belong to me. Those who are saved. See, one of where we're falling to one or two sides. Either we belong to the devil in this world through our fallen nature or we belong to God in our renewed nature. That's why being saved is essential. There's a way that God wants you to hold marriage. There's a way that God wants you to hold children. There's a way that God wants you to hold money. There's a way that God wants you to hold homes and cars and holes and different things, right? Because he knows that when you were saved, you became a kingdom citizen living on behalf of the advancement of the kingdom itself. That everything that part of your health and wealth is to push the health and wealth of the kingdom of God in this land, right? And when you have that mindset and you have that level of understanding, then you will live accordingly, right? But who do you belong to? Where do you belong emotionally? Do you feel like you belong to God? A lot of people don't feel like they're loved by God, but love is not based upon feeling. It's based upon facts. And some people don't even understand the gospel enough to even be saved or to actually appreciate the saving work of Christ in them. So in order for you, before you can even behold a husband, behold a wife, behold a family, behold a whatever, you got to know that you belong. There's something that happened to me when I knew or became aware that I'm a son of God. Like, like nobody in this world, no man, no woman, no government, no nothing can dictate me, can uh, to can can operate on me, can change the fate of me, ever because I am a son of God. And when I know that I belong to God, I feel great. I feel, I feel, I feel at home. I feel safe. The Bible says, uh, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. Those that run to it, that run into it, are safe. When you know you belong to God and you know the price that was paid for you and you was adopted, you was adopted into the family of God, if something happens in you, something changes in you. There's a confidence that no matter what happens in this country, no matter what happens in this world, I belong to God. Belonging means that I don't have to long for anything. I don't have to long for a woman. I don't have to long for friendships. I don't have to long for anything because I belong to the ultimate being who is God. Therefore, I don't have to long for anything for I have everything in him. So it will help you get through that singleness. It will help you get through that, that uh, season of your marriage. It will help you get through the troublesome with your children. It will help you because you belong. So you don't have to long for anything anymore. Because you have everything out God and contentment does something in you. Contentment begins to say, you know what? I'm where God is. Therefore, I win. Therefore, I, he knows my end. Therefore, I don't have to worry about anything. So before you can behold anything, you got to ask yourself, do I know who I belong to? Who's the Lord over my life? The Lord over my life takes care of my life. is responsible for my life. And you got to examine who is your Lord? Because whomever you belong to will determine who you long for, what you long for. So in order to behold that season of your life, you got to know who you belong to, that you can trust God because God's love for you is dense, right? God's love for you is, 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 is strong and is able to support you. After you know that you belong to God, then you allow yourself to be loved, to be loved by him. 
When I was aware, when I became aware that I belong to God, I began to release all fears and all apprehension. When I began to fully trust him, when I'm talking about real trust, I'm talking about where I began to track his faithfulness towards me. And I see him do beyond human capabilities, supernatural, extraordinary things on my behalf. While I was yet undeserving of it, I began to trust him. And when that trust began to happen, I began to say, I trust you, Lord, with this abandonment issue. I trust you, Lord, with this longing issue. I trust you. That's why you have to be patient to be a patient. That's why they give us anesthesia. They put us to sleep. That's why God wants to put you in a state of rest, trusting him so he can do surgery on you. No doctor does surgery on a patient who's awake unless it's a surgery where they're capable of doing that. They oftentimes put that person to sleep. Look what God did to Adam. Before God gave Adam Eve, his assistant, his lady, he put him to sleep. He put him in a rested state so that he can pull the rib out of him. God wants you in a place of rest so he can pull that book out of you, pull that business out of you, pull that joy out of you, pull, pull, pull what he's already placed in you. God is no longer putting things in you. The only thing he put in you to activate, y'all know my, them kids be saying all the time on TikTok, Holy Spirit activate, Holy Spirit activate, right? So the only thing that God has placed in you after you was born was the Holy Spirit. Everything else blossoms from that. And God, all God is doing now is pulling what has already been downloaded in you. All the books I was ever going to write is already in me. God is now using the environment around me, my time with him, certain experiences, certain encounters to trigger, to activate what's already in me. And then from that, pull it out of me and put it into other people's lives to help them. The same is with, with, with where our lives, that I have to be at rest. You're not going to be your best until you first be at rest. Until you first go through tests, you're not going to be your best without tests and you're not going to be, you ain't going to pass any tests without rest, right? And you, and you won't be able to be at rest unless you let, allow God to be your vest, to be your, to be your protector, to, to be your peace, to stabilize your heart, knowing that no matter what darts try to come at your heart, they can't tear you apart. So that's important to know that when I know I belong to God, I can rest. No anxiety, no fear no stress, then and only then can he then begin to let the love of God after we rest to love, to heal that abandonment, to heal that rejection, to heal that fear, to stabilize those emotions. Then you will begin to feel the love. You will be loved. You will be loved. You should let him love. You know, we said it before. Let him be the one to give you everything you want and need. And maybe you should let him love, let him love you. But we put walls in front of God, keeping his love from happening. And those walls could be fear. Those walls can be envy. Those walls can be unforgiveness. Those walls can be lust. Those walls can be a lot of things, but those walls must fall. If you want to be and become everything that God wants you to be. Once you feel that you belong to God and he becomes your identity, he becomes your worth, he becomes your everything, right? Then you become love. You will let him love you. Then when you let him love you, then you will begin, it will begin to affect what you believe. It would affect what you believe about yourself. It would affect the way you believe 
what you believe about, about success and what you believe about life. Your belief systems begin to change. You begin to believe different. You begin uh, to not think like the way the world does. You begin to have a greater faith. You will be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You will be like, no matter what that king says about bowing down, you say, hey, man, I belong to God. I know God loves me. That no matter what you say, king, no matter if you put me in that fire furnace, even if I, even we know, we know that God is well able to save us. And even if he doesn't save us and we burn in your furnace, we will not bow to your God, your golden image, right? What, where do you think that belief system comes from? You can't expect at the moment of trauma, in the moment of drama, for you to have that kind of armor, that kind of belief, that kind of boldness, like David, the same the same way that bear got murked, the way I murked that lion will be the same way with this Philistine. What did David see in Goliath? David said, this uncircumcised Philistine will fall like the rest of them. Uncircumcised. Back in the Bible days and even now, they circumcised the man's loins. That circumcision meant covenant. Right. And so I don't know how uh, 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 Goliath was, you know, swaying back then, but he was eight. Maybe he didn't have no uh, covering on. And he looked at Goliath. He saw that Goliath wasn't circumcised. He then began to see that that's that Goliath isn't in covenant. It doesn't matter if your giant is nine foot tall. It doesn't matter if what you're facing is 10 foot tall, 20 foot tall. If it's not in covenant, you 10 times greater, stronger, and taller than that individual or thing because of God in you. But you notice what David had to go through. Years of training, years of faith development, years of changing a belief system. And he didn't utilize Saul's sword and, and armor. He says, what I've been working with, I will use. And it wasn't in David's strength. It was the faith in God, the power of God behind that rock that took that, that, that Goliath down. His belief system was strong. His faith was strong. The same thing with Daniel. He was there was he was connived against and and, and was trying to get uh, 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 put out the way by these guys. And they tricked him or whatever. And he heard that it was said across the land that anybody who prays to any God in the next few whatever days will be thrown in lion's den. What did Daniel do? Daniel, everybody knew Daniel's window. Just like everybody knows which house is Liberty's house in L.A. to a degree. Those who go on tours and whatnot, L.A., they know whose house it was. They knew who Daniel, where Daniel's house was. And Daniel said, I know that if I do this, I'm going to the lion's den. He opened his window three times that day. Prayed, meaning that while people was walking to Chick-fil-A, while people was going to Whole Foods, while people was going to Walmart and Target, while they was going by the 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 uh, the, the government's uh, square, they saw Daniel praying. Everybody knew. Everybody knew that if you pray to anybody right now, you're going to like that. And David tripled down. He didn't just go in a corner, go in a closet and pray. He opened his window, faced Jerusalem while overlooking that long line of Chick-fil-A. And little Ray Ray was looking out of, mom, out of his mama's car and said, hey, Daniel's praying. And Daniel kept praying. And God delivered him. But he knew who he belonged to. He knew that he was loved by God. There's something about becoming familiar with God that that then teaches you uh, um, 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 how to believe. Let's keep going. When you know that you belong to God and he's your rock, he's your support, he's your source. 
and you get into a rested state, then you will begin to let him love you. Then he'll begin to let you, uh, you will begin to let him love you. Heal those areas so that your children won't be wounded by your wounds. So they won't be living in a dysfunctional home. So your husband won't feel like he has to go to the top of the house because you dripping like a fossil as a contentious woman. So that your wife won't feel lonely and feel like you don't love her. You will let God love every area of you so that every area you will be healed. Then once you let God love you, then it, it affects the way you believe. And then once your belief systems change, your belief in yourself, your belief in God, you begin to behave differently. You begin to behave more confidently. You begin to behave more holy. You begin to behave accurately. It's a natural change. And then as your behaviors change, you then become the person you need to be. You begin to develop the character. You begin to become the person needed for the thing you want to hold. And then when you actually become the person, the, the, the image that God has already fashioned through the, through the outline of his son, Jesus, then you begin to become formed in that image, however uniquely or differently it is, but it has the same frame. Once you become, then you actually begin to behold and see the things you want in life. Then you will begin to actually know how to calculate. You'll begin to know how to determine what should be in life or not. But if you don't know that you belong to God, if you don't let God love you, if your belief system don't change and your behaviors don't change, then you won't become the person you need to be to hold what you desire to hold. Let's keep going. Now, God's love. Some points on God's love. Here's some points on God's love. Number one, God's love is not just a feeling, it's factual. We're going to get to what it means to love yourself. But this goes with spiritual mathematics. I got to be able to know how to count, how to believe, and how to test, right? But you have we have to first understand what God's love is before we can know how to love ourselves, right? God's love is not just a feeling, it's factual. Yes, you can feel the love of God. Yes, God's love can be tangible, right? But 80% of your love for God must be knowledge-based. It must be engraved in your soul. 80-20. 80% of the relationship with God cannot be about a feeling. 80% of, 80% of my relationship with my wife is not about feeling. You're not going to always feel like being married. You're not going to always feel like apologizing. You're not going to always feel. The issue is we put more stock in feeling than we do facts. I fully understand the facts of why I'm in love with my wife. That's what keeps me having a firm grip on my wife. Keeps me having a firm grip on my marriage. Keeps me having a firm grip on my character when I'm not around my wife, right? Because I'm not just in feeling. People get so caught up in, in their feelings that when they don't feel God there, they don't think God is there. God is everywhere. I don't need a wind to let me know I got air to breathe. Air is there whether there's wind or not. You don't really feel air until there's wind. This fan right now, when this fan is not on, I feel nothing. I feel hot. I don't feel air. Even though I'm breathing, I don't feel it. But when it begins to blow, then I feel the wind. People wait till they feel the wind before they think they can win. Wow. People wait to the move of God. They wait till they feel God to actually move for God. You got to move for God whether you feel him or you don't. Don't wait till the wind blow to feel like you can win. 
Yo, you know what I'm saying? You got to be able to say, no matter if I feel him or not in the situation, no matter if I know he's there or not, I know he's there, therefore I can win. Don't wait for the wind to blow so that you can feel that he's there to feel like you can win any situation. I don't need the wind to know that I can win because I know he's here within. I know I got his spirit. So many people are so caught up in feelings that if I don't feel God in a situation, if I don't feel like I'm loved by him, then he's then I'm not loved by him. God's love is not just a feeling. You're going to feel God. You're going to feel the move of God. You're going to feel the unction of God. You're going to feel the leadership of God. You're going to feel a lot with God, but it can't be 80% of your relationship with God. 80% of the relationship with God has to be factual, if not 100%. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm trying to give you some, some, um, some understanding. 80% of my love of walk with God is factual. I fully know that God exists. I am fully assured that he exists. I am fully assured of Jesus Christ. I am fully assured of the Holy Spirit. I am fully assured of the word of God's infallibility. That is, is, uh, is not in error. I'm fully assured that no matter what comes on the news, no matter what person, it won't rock my faith. And you got to know that your faith is solid. You got to know that your faith is strong or you won't last long. You must know his love more than you try to feel his love. Excuse me for the lowercase and the H's. I'm very serious about making sure I capitalize everything with God's name associated with. You must uh, you must know his love more than you should try to feel his love. I know God loves me even if I don't feel it. You don't think it was probably a nice unbreezing day when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was standing up when everybody was falling? Do you not know that they probably didn't feel God's love when they saw them increase the flames of that fire? The scriptures go pretty quickly through the narrative, but I'm sure they were human now. I'm pretty sure they was like, yo, fam, that's that that furnace is mighty hot. But if it wasn't for that 80%, 90%, 95% of knowing God, Strong convictions. Listen, I promise you, if they would have met God yesterday, if they would have had a fake little walk with God, if they wasn't really walking with God like that, they would have bowed like the rest of them did. <laughs> Their walk with God was so strong. Daniel's walk with God was so strong. David's walk with God was so strong. Jesus' walk with the Father was so strong. It didn't matter. It was threat of a cross, threat of a lion, threat of a furnace. They said, you know what? I'm going to keep being faithful. They didn't wait to the day of testing. Just cram. They knew the I am. So, so you can't just go out here and be like, oh, uh, uh, I, I got to feel it. No, 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 no. You got to know it. God's love is perfect and balanced. People can understand that God's love is perfect and balanced, meaning that it's tender and tough. People think God's love is just always big mama love. You heard me say this in many videos or, 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 or a parent who just loves their children too much. And what I mean by that is God's love is balanced and perfect. People think that God's love is supposed to, you really think God's going to give you a wife, give you a husband and you ain't been tested to see if you have the capabilities of it. If you're able to rise above whatever it is that love may, what may challenge your love. You don't think you're going to go through tests. You don't think that God's going to be quiet in some of those testing? Do you think that it's going to feel like that you're going to be in a situation where God's going to be mute and quiet for days, if not weeks, if not years about that situation? To see, to allow yourself to be tried by fire? You don't think that God's love is there still? 
that even when it's quiet and still, that his love will still be there. We have to understand that God's love is perfect. He knows the perfect amount. He says he won't allow you to be tested or tempted beyond your ability. And so many people, they quit at the moment they feel a, a feeling. But God said, man, I, I see greater in you. I see I see more in you. And, and yes, I love you, but I got to let this fire cook out of you all impurities because my love is perfect. My love is the right amount of weight. It's the right balance. Yes, you're going to feel the wrapping arms of me. Yes, you're going to feel whatever with me, but you're also going to have that tough love too. That tough love that shapes your character. That, that tough love that removes all them impurities. You don't think God chastens those whom he loves? That I don't have to worry about the feelings of being a bastard child when I know that I'm worth the while to the God of the universe to the point where he that I let him correct me, that I that I know that the fruit of his that the, that the fruit of my fellowship with him is that he corrects me. God's love corrects, God's love perfects. And you have to understand the balancing love of God, or not, you're not gonna be able to count well, you're not gonna be able to count your singleness well. You're not going to be able to say, you know what? It makes sense why I'm single. It makes sense why I'm I'm in this situation. It makes sense. A lot of things that I don't have in my life, it makes sense. <laughs> it makes sense. Maybe the, maybe not due to negligence, but it could be due to his providence. That it could be just put to his time. It makes sense. The reason why I'm not as known as, as other people. It makes sense. The reason why things are not happening. It makes perfect sense. Well, I don't have children, right? It makes perfect sense. <laughs> when you know God, things begin to make sense. And then you prepare accordingly and you trust accordingly. But you can't get mad at God and leave God. And, it, it, then, and then you start counting on your own because you don't think God loves you. God's love is perfect, man. God loves you. It's balanced. It's perfect. God's love is integral. God would not love you beyond. Let me make sure I make that theologically clear. God is not going to get into the world's form of love that goes beyond his integrity, his character. God ain't going to see there and see this error in your life and still bless you with that thing in your life. What I mean by he's not going to see that you have some uh, huge red flags in your life. And then say as a go to marry that woman. So many of us, we love to count on our own. I think I'm OK. I think I can do it. And, and you, we all been there where we know God is talking to us, but we, we ignore him or we try to conjure up. That's why we worship graven images. We don't even worship the real Jesus. We don't even worship the real God. We don't. We create a graven image in our minds and we create a God. We go to uh, buildagod.com and then we say, I love, I, I want my God to always let me do what I want to do. I want a God that's going to love me even if, I, even if I'm out here, whatever. I want a God who will never correct me. They start building a God, right? But God said, I'm still the I am. I'm still the God. I'm still king of kings, Lord of lords and God of gods. I'm still greater. And, and if you want what I have that's great for you, everything the world would give you its best, but it can't give you the best. <laughs> and if you want the woman that God has for you, if you want the man that God has for you, if you want the, want the life that God has for you, you have to understand his integrity. That God wants you to have the same kind of, not equal because we can't have that. We can't have perfect integrity, but he wants us to have a level of excellence and integrity. Now, don't get me wrong. We should have such a God-like character that, that we can be like those Daniels and Joseph. Why do you think, and, 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 and no matter how crazy and corrupt you think the governments of our world are today, do you know how brutal it was back then? Kings, pharaohs, presidents don't care about the God you serve if you know how to serve the, 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 the inhabitants of a kingdom well. 
These men, Daniel, Joseph, David, were such men of excellence toward the, I'm talking about, you know what I mean? We'll stick with Daniel and Joseph. Such men of excellence, they were second in command, fam. It's never the person who's the face of a country that runs a country. It's the person you don't even know his face that runs the country. The person that got the person's ears that runs the country. And Dave, Daniel and Joseph were those people. They were men of integrity and they were men of excellence, right? And you don't just become that over time. You don't just become that. De uh, Joseph had to go through a, 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 a being betrayed. Had to go being a little smart mouth, running around talking about how everybody gonna buy to him. He had to go through all this the immaturity stages. He had to be sold into slavery. He had to be put in the pit. All these kind of things to become legit. So it takes time. See what I'm saying? It took took Daniel some time. You got to give yourself time because God's love is integral. He cares about integrity. He cares about character. God's love is gentle and patient. I love that. God's love is gentle. He says, come to me, all you who are late, who labor and who are, who are heavy laden, I'll give you rest. He's gentle. He's meek and lowly in spirit. Like he did with the woman that, that caught an act of adultery. He was gentle with her and, and stern with those of her accusers. And God's love is patient. I'm so glad God's love is patient. God's patience is what made me the person I am. That he says, man, Josh, I'm still here with you. I know you've fallen. I know you failed. I know you made mistakes, but I'm still here. His love is patient. Let's keep going. Uh, God's love cannot be affected or infected. I think that's the right AFF or EFF, but you understand. God's love cannot be affected or infected. I love that. God's love is not affected by us. <laughs> you cannot cry and tell God, take me out of this trial. Take me out. Take me out. God's like, my love can't be affected by your tears. You, I, I know what's best for you, boo. Son, I know what's best for you. Daughter, I know what's best for you. And yeah, I hear your tears. I got them in all these jars. <laughs> I've collected all your tears, but but it can't be affected. You have to stay here. You have to go through this right now. Because if you want to hold that, if you want to be able to hold that man when he come home after work and he had to fight and, and, and hustle and bustle and wrestle with the world and, and you want to be able to hold him and be able to comfort him and be able to strengthen him. If you want to be that woman that makes sure that his name is well known in the gates, that you want to be this prophet, that you want to be this woman, you got to go through this a little while. If you want to be that man that can stand in the midst of, of a woman, another woman want to give you her hand, right? And to get in her pants. If you want to be that kind of man, if you want to be that man that can be able, when your wife is, is rocked in her faith, that you can stand solid and strong. These kind of men and women are not built overnight. They built over many nights of tears, many nights of, 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 of being neglected by their peers, many nights of wrestling with their fears. These kind of people are built over years. And you can't expect to be that kind of person if you don't let God say, you know what, I love you, but you do, but but you're not done yet. Nobody pulls a cake out of an oven five minutes after putting it in the oven. This ain't easy bake. It ain't easy bake. You gotta be able to bake a while if you want to be able to be uh, distributed equally uh, accurately, right? This is what we have to understand: that God's love says, "Hey, man." It can't be affected by your tears. I can't pull you out of that trial. I can't pull you out of that. I can't. Let's keep going. And his love cannot be infected. It can't be infected by nothing carnal. Ain't that great? 
God's love can't be infected by nothing. It can't be contaminated by nothing. <clears throat> that God's love for me is pure. It is never going to be perverted towards me. That's why it's important to have men and women hooked up to the pure love of God. So their love won't be infected by nothing. So their love for you won't become perverted over time. Let's keep going. God's love is pursuing and perfecting. I love that. Make sure my wife's good. All right. All right, cool. God's love is pursuing the sinner and perfecting the believer. The Bible says the goodness of God that draws men to repentance. God's love is just, it's pursuing. It, it ain't like God's like chasing. It's love. It's his love is everywhere. It rains on the just as unjust. Everybody saved or not is breathing. That's the love of God. Do you know God's not partial? God just doesn't shut the air off on people who don't accept him. His love is still pursuing. His love for people are pursuing them even to the end of them. But it'll be their pride that I accept their love within. And God's love is perfecting. I need that. God, listen, you never arrive. I never arrive. We never arrive until we arrive. And we never arrive on this side of glory. We arrive when we get to heaven in our glorified bodies. But one thing about God's love that I appreciate is perfecting me. And we should go from glory to glory. We should go from better to better. We should go from good to great. We should go from a le a greater levels of excellence because the love of God is perfecting in me. My communication with my wife should always get better day by day, if not moment by moment. My, my uh, dealings in anything should be always growing because of the love of God is perfecting in me. Excuse me, my, my, my engagements with people, my interactions with people should always become greater. When a kid meets me on Monday, my interactions with that child should always improve by the time I get to Friday. I'm always thinking uh, in my counseling, in my coaching, how can I improve? Uh, the more I begin to bask and fall into the love of God and grow in the love of God, then I walk in greater levels of love with God. And that's essential, man. So the love of God is not only pursuing the non-believer, but is also perfecting the current believer or the believer. Now, here's some other points. You're not always going to feel God's love. That's why it's important to fellowship with God and track his faith. Like, like I like one thing I'm gonna tell you about marriage, man. And, and you know, I'm new to this thing, three years in it. Thank God. I just can't rest in my love for my wife yesterday, or my love for my wife on the day I saw at the altar, right? I have to understand I have to work at this thing. That's going to be days, man. Like, I cannot clock out from being a husband. <laughs> I can't just be like, you know what? Today, this weekend, I ain't being a husband. No, no, I got to work at being a husband every day. Every day. Finding new ways, new angles, even in the midst of my own pressure, even in the midst of my own whatever. I got to still endeavor to work at being married. If I don't work at this marriage, how would this marriage be built? See, the foundation is laid. The building on top of that foundation is me and my wife's responsibility. I got to say, at, in 40 years, when people look at this marriage, would it be uh, half done? Would it have broken windows? Will it be uh, abandoned? Will it be an abandoned building? That there was a marriage between the Ezzies, but now it's abandoned. It's not even there no more. Will kids and young people, young couples look at our marriage and be able to say, hey, that thing is built well or is damaged? It, it matters. I, and if I care about my marriage being a light of God and a salt for God, 
helping to preserve other marriages, helping to be a light of how God wants marriages to be. I got to work at it every day. The same as with God. You can't just be like, I right, mean, I only work with God when I get paid. <laughs> God, working with God is, is not like working at a job to get paid every two weeks. Some, some things I did for God years ago that I still didn't get paid for. And I may not even get paid for that. I don't worry about what I'm going to get paid. I'm just grateful that the price has been paid. That's the big difference. I work for God whether or not I get a dollar back for anything I do because the price has been paid for my soul salvation. Right? But most people, they, they, they're transactional with God. See, life with God cannot be transactional. It has to be transformative. It has to be transform transformational, not transactional. Transactional means I'll do if you do. I'll do I, I do because you did. And I just care about the trans, I just care about the fruit of transformation. As long as I'm becoming a better person, I'm I'm glad about that. But if you wait to get paid and don't trust what has been paid, then you won't really see the fruit, fruitfulness of it, right? You're not always going to feel God's. So that's why it's important to fellowship. If I gotta work at this, I gotta fellowship even when I don't feel like it. I gotta pray my hardest when it's the hardest, when I feel it's the hardest to pray, right? And I got to track his faith. Next point. Sustaining love takes work. That's all I'm going to say. Sustaining love takes work. Our love, next point, can only rise to the ledge we know about love. Knowledge, no. Our love can only rise. Our ability to walk in love can only rise to the ledge we know about love. And what I, you know what knowledge, the more I know about God, the more I know God's love, the more I understand God's love, the more my level of love rises. Our love can only rise to the ledge of love we know. Some people only know a low ledge of love. Therefore, they walk in low levels of love. Some people know a, a medium level of love, so they only can rise to that level. But if you know God's love, man, love can be able to cover a whole multitude of sin. <laughs> you will have long-suffering patience and you will be kind to yourself. And not blind to yourself or blind to the things that God wants you to work on. Before you can walk in love, you must walk with love. These are some points on love. And it's going, we're, going, we're going to tie it together on how it'll help you with spiritual mathematics. But I had to do this portion of the, of the, of the book now. Um, or the, this lesson now. Before you can walk in love, you must walk with love. If I want to walk in greater levels of love, I got to walk long distances with love. Who is God? Let's keep going. Those who love themselves. So we talked about the love of God. We talked about the importance of letting God love you. We talked about, we talked about, we talked about it, we talked about it, right? Now, here are some signs that you love yourself. Those who love themselves, number one, they limit themselves. They limit themselves. You know you love yourself when you put limits on yourself. When you say, you know what, I can't eat like that no more. I can I can dabble, but I can't, I can't uh, uh, go too hard with this. Those who love themselves because they've been perfected by the love of God, they begin to limit themselves. I can't go there no more. I can't do that no more. I can't be with them no more. I can't, I can't, I can't. Because I love myself. The love of God puts limits on you. When you know God loves you, you begin to limit yourself. And people think that's boundaries. Not boundaries. People think that's barriers from fun. People think that that's prison-like. No, no, no. The more, the more I begin to love myself, the more limits I put on myself. The more I begin to say love of God, but the more I begin to limit myself because I'm priceless, I'm valuable. I just can't, I limit my speed when I drive because I know I'm valuable to somebody, uh, uh, some people. I'm limit, love, I'm, uh, I'm um, valuable to my wife, I'm valuable to my future children, I'm valuable to people that I serve. 
So I limit how I engage. I limit how I limit my rage. I limit no matter where I'm at. I limit myself because I know I'm loved. God's love begins to limit me and I begin to limit myself. Number two, those who love themselves limit access to themselves. Not only do I limit myself outwardly, I limit myself, I limit access to me. When you love yourself, you don't give too much access to yourself. See, I love me. I don't give everyone access. See, there's all the women in my life have a certain level of access. Most women have not that much access, right? My wife has greater access. The moment I got married, access levels has been placed. That no, no matter if you a mom, a sister, a niece, or, or, or a daughter, right? No one can go as far as my wife can, right? So when you graduate to certain levels of life, you begin to graduate to certain limits of life. Then you begin to say, you know what? Everybody just immediately, based upon stage, based upon age, best based upon... There we go. Can y'all hear me? Let me know in the chat if y'all can still hear me and still see me. I'm waiting on someone to write in the chat if y'all can still hear me and still see me. I think y'all can still hear me and see me. Yes, I can hear it. Okay, great. Thank you, Shaw. And what was I saying? Oh, yeah. When you begin to, that's why I said your level of walking in love is predicated on your level of knowledge of love. And when you begin to go grow in greater levels of love for yourself, you begin to limit yourself. What I mean by that, when I became a husband, it immediately put limits on other people. And I have to adhere to those limits. If I don't, then I end up hurting my wife. I end up hurting what it is, right? And that's important. Like so many people, they just jump into positions without knowing the limits of those positions. They just jump into positions, not even knowing the limits that comes with that. Right. And so when you limit, when you love yourself, you limit access to yourself. You know, hey, these certain amounts of people cannot, should not have this much access. Does everybody get some kind of love from me? When a lady comes, if I know that she got some whatever on her, I'm not, I'm probably going to give her a pound. If it's someone that I'm cool with close, they're going to get a church hug. My wife only gets the frontal hug. You see what I'm saying? Like, so there's levels in my hugging. There's levels in my dapping. There's levels in my, my talking. Some kids, some people I may give 45 minutes to, 50 minutes to, an hour, 50 minutes, because I know my words mean something to them. Some people that I know that don't even care what I they may only get 10 minutes of my time. Everybody gets about 15 seconds of my time, but based upon discernment and based upon experience will determine how much time I give them, how much energy I give them, how much whatever, because I know I cannot just be spending energy like the American currency. I just can't just keep spending my energy. If I'm gonna if I'm gonna have the energy I need for those who really appreciate my energy, appreciate my efforts. So those who love themselves, they limit themselves. They limit access to themselves. Number three, they look into themselves. Those who love themselves, they look into themselves. Now, what does that mean? 
They're always self-examining. They're always self-examining. You got to look into yourself and say, man, am I performing at the, at the, at the rate I need to? Am I the man I need to be? Am I the woman I need to be? Those who love themselves say, you know, I'm going to look into myself because I want to be better. I want to be better than who I was yesterday. I endeavor to be better. Endeavor to be better. Hashtag endeavor to be better. Look inside of yourself and say, you know what? I will be better. God's girl says, I'm single and I have hugging limits. That's right. You got to have hugging limits. What? You know what I'm saying? So that's what's important. You got to be able to say, hey, man, I got to look inside of myself to see, is there any abandonment issues? Is there any uh, uh, um, 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 any former things in me trying to uh, uh, rev itself up in me? I got to think like that. I got to look into myself. Those who love themselves, they look intently in themselves. They look intently in the word of God to say, hey, man, do am, am I growing? Am I maturing? And those who love themselves level themselves up. They go from greater to greater, go from glory to glory, they level themselves, they get better. So those who love themselves, they limit themselves. They say, you know what? I can no longer do this. I'm not going to do this anymore. Those who love themselves, they limit access to themselves. They say, you know what? You can't have that much access to me because you don't even treasure the value in me. I'm going to talk about that for a minute. So many people are giving people who don't understand value access to their value. You can't do that. The more you begin to understand your worth, the more you begin to know who you belong to, who you work for, the more you begin to know that you're loved by God, the more you begin to level up, you begin to say, you know what? You don't even understand enough value. Value recognize value. Value attracts value. The value you are will determine what comes to you, right? And so if you're a person that don't even know your worth, you'll be selling for someone. That's why I don't let too many people, I don't let people get too comfortable with me. I don't let people get comfortable. No, 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 no. Because when people get comfortable, I become common. I am special. I am rare. I am valuable. I will, I hate to think to let, to get so comfortable with everyone that people start treating me like I'm no one. That's why you got to be very careful because people will be drawn to you. People will be drawn to you because of what's drawn from you, your giftings, your expertise. And then when you start letting them in too close, then they start treating you like you no one. That's why you got to know when to give and when uh, I'm not. You got to know when to love and when not to love. And what I mean by that, I'm talking about action loves, right? Because people will treat you like you common if you let people get comfortable. That's why I can't let people get comfortable. The only woman that can be comfortable around me is my wife. The only people that can be comfortable with me is people that I, that I know understands value. People understand that too many pe people beneath you can't get comfortable with you because they don't understand what it means to be at this level. People that you that you can get more comfortable with or get comfortable with you or get close to you, per se, is people who know what it's like to be you, who are winning at higher levels in a place that you're stumbling at. Those people know how to hold you when you fall because they fell like that before. They know how to carry you. But people who are unfamiliar or toxic on the inside, you can't let them get comfortable by your side. Or they'll think that you're like them. When you know you're rare, you stay in the air. You don't go down there with them people, man. You don't entertain. You don't ingratiate yourself with them. You don't pour out your heart to them. You don't become vulnerable with people like that. Because if you become vulnerable with vultures, you'll find yourself eaten. You'll find yourself beaten, right? You'll find yourself defeated, right? So let people get comfortable. Because the moment they get comfortable, you become common. So those who love themselves, they limit themselves, they limit access to themselves, they look into themselves, and they level themselves up. Let's keep going. I think that's it. Is that the rest of the slides? Uh oh. All right, here we go. 
It's my last slide. Signs, signs you've embraced or are embracing the love of God. 10, 15 minutes and I'm done. Signs you've embraced or are embracing the love of God. L-O-V-E. Here are uh, 10 signs that you have either embraced the love of God or you are embracing the love of God. Number one, L, you're lighter. You're lighter. You're not heavy. When you've embraced the love of God or embraced the love of God, you're becoming lighter. Those heavy toxins begin to be lifted off of you. Those burdens begin to be lifted off of you. You no longer are affected by abandonment, affected by rejection. You're no longer affected by these heavy things. You're lighter. You're 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 quicker on your feet. You're you're, you're lean. You're a machine. You're 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 you're. See what I'm saying? You're lighter. When you've embraced the love of God and you embrace the love of God, you don't feel as heavy as you once did. Now you can tell if you're uh uh, uh not embracing the love of God or have yet to embrace the love of God if you always feel saddened, always feel heavy, always feel a burden and you feel heavy. That's when you know you have yet to embrace the love of God. Because now in my life right now, I'm lighter. I don't I don't stress anymore. I, I don't I don't I don't worry anymore. Worry is a weight, uh, um, an invisible weight. See, I tell kids all the time, I tell people all the time, you can be 185 pounds and weigh in totality 400 pounds. That's powerful. You could be 190 pounds, 250 pounds, 125 pounds, and in totality weigh 500, weigh half a ton. How, Josh? Because people are just owing only when they step on a scale, only weighing their physical body. But we haven't came into technology. We haven't came to a place where we're able to weigh the whole man, the whole woman. Some of us, we may be lean, we may be fit, but we're heavy still, heavy with lust, heavy with pride, heavy with arrogance, right? So just because you step on a scale that says 190, just because you step on a scale that says 250 or 125, and you think that's all you weigh, some people are heavier than that. I could be 200 and whatever pounds right now. And be lighter than someone who's 125. Wow. I can still be as big as six foot two, 265 pounds. This big guy, I me. Mean, I can be heavy in physical weight and in totality be lighter than somebody 190. How? Because my soul is lean. My spirit is clean. My spirit, my spirit is lean. My soul is clean. It's not too much holding me down. So you know you've been loved by God. Are you letting God love you? When you feel lighter. Also, you know that you've embraced the love of God or embracing the love of God when you have limited yourself, when you have limits on yourself. You know that you've been loved by God. We say, you know what? I do have limits. No, I'm not going out with you. No, I'm not wasting my time with you. No, I'm not pursuing you. Not with arrogance that making people feel like they, that they're beneath you. You just say, you know, I know what I deserve. And sometimes directness can sound like arrogance, but it's not arrogance. You just know yourself enough <clears throat> where you're able to say no. And they may think that you have made it. They may think you're arrogant. They may think you whatever. But you know, hey, man, you cool, but you ain't God. You ain't God. You ain't God's fit for me. You see what I'm saying? So some people may look at you and be like, man, you told him no. You told her no. Yeah, I did. Because I got limits on me. I'm not just going to lower myself down because of brief moments of feeling alone. So signs you ever embrace or embrace the love of God. Number one, you're lighter. Number two, you're limited. Let's get to the O's. You're observant 
and not easily affected by other people's opinions. That's how you know that you've embraced the love of God or are embracing in the process of embracing the love of God, right? You're more observant. You don't just, you don't, you're just not out there trying to experiment everything. You're not just trying to go out there and date everybody to find your man. You're not going on every website. You're not going on every uh, uh, building site, right? To, to see if someone can see what's in you, right? You're, you're, you're not impulsive. You observe it. <laughs> you consider everything in a room. You're not so impatient and impulsive that you just, no, no, you observe it. Those who are loved by God, those who know they're loved by God and aware and appreciate and have embraced it, they take more time to observe. You have to observe before you serve. You have to observe a room before you serve a room. And people don't understand that. Every room I walk in, I observe before I serve it. It then tells me what to serve in it. If I observe someone great, like if I'm in a room and there's a higher ranking spiritual person in that room than me, I'm not going to just try to, hey, I'll try to, no, 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 I observe. So if I'm in the same room with my pastor, I know that if a person is, is needing something, I'm going to send it to the pastor. You see what I'm saying? I'm not going to just be like, no, no, I observe. And if God says, hey, you're right now, you're the higher ranking one. No, I'm going to say higher ranking, but you know what I mean? You're the one that I want to use right now. Then I know. I don't just go into a room and be like, anybody need prayer? Anybody need healing? I don't just walk into every room serving it, my, my spiritual gifts, serving it, my physical gifts, serving it, my time. Some rooms I know I can add value, but it's not meant for me to add value. And that's what you got to know. You got to love yourself enough to not become so arrogant about yourself, to become so beside yourself that you got to serve everyone beside you. Some rooms God just wants you to observe and not serve. Some rooms, you know you can add value to it. You know that you can speak into it. There's been some places that I've been in that, that I don't even, I don't even, I don't even um, um try to put myself, make myself available. I go into corners. I hide. Not because I'm introverted by nature, because I don't feel the unction to serve that room. I love myself enough to the point where I'm not insecure. I'm not insecure to be like, I gotta, do, do you know how many rooms I've been in? And I don't gotta walk around and be like, here's my business card. Do you know I'm Coach Josh? Do you know I got 58,000 or so subscribers? No, no, people, there's people in my life right now who, who's been in my life for, for a few weeks or a few months right now, right? Or people who meet me, they never hear that I have a YouTube channel. There's people in my church right now. There's people right now around me don't even know I have a YouTube channel. There's people right. I had a person come to me uh, a few months ago and was like, "How's your? How uh, have you wrote any new books from your from from that one book?" They saw me at my church one time. I came in and my pastor allowed me to talk about my first book, Unplug. There's people in my church that still thinks I only have one book. Now that could be a shot at me. It could be whatever. But I'm not gonna sit there and be like, "No, I've written eight. No, yeah, I've written some other books besides that." When you know the love of God. When you allow the love of God to love you, you don't become insecure. You can handle people's shots at you. You can handle people's opinions against you because you love by God. Now, you, that part of you may want to, eh, eh, but, but you know, there's no need for that. So you, when you know that you love by God, you observe the room before you serve the room. Holy Spirit, is there anything you want me to do? So that no matter what room you find yourself in, you're not pressed. Bro, I've been in rooms with certain people. That I know my resume will, will will strike them, and I can I can get money right now from them. But I don't I don't have that attitude. I don't I don't. That's God is my source. God's timing is perfect. See, I'm telling you right now, I, I don't have to chase anybody. 
as long as I'm walking with God, those things will chase me. I told my students, I said, man, the things that's looking for you should be out of breath, not you out of breath looking for those things. I should be walking with God. This is how we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be walking with God, just enjoying him, just enjoying our daily bread. And the the house that's chasing me and my wife down. (sighs) We finally found you, Aziz. We got this amazing house for you. (laughs) The car that I need, whatever I need, should be out of breath. Chasing me and God. Talking about this brand new truck. It's It's yours. We found you. Money is looking for me a thousand different ways. I don't I don't care if I'm down to my last dollar. I ain't worried. I'm walking with God. Money is looking for me. I don't look for money. Money opportunities look for me. And then I look to God and be like, is this from you? That's what happens when you're loved by God. You're not, you're not easily pressed. You observe to see this from God. You're not so impulsive that you accept anything that's good because not everything good is God. Signs you embrace or embracing the love of God, you're not easily affected by other people's opinions. When you've been loved by God and you love yourself, you can care less about how people view you. That's right, God's girl, Matthew 6.33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, right? And, And all these things will be added to you. Listen, thank you for bringing that scripture, girl. She I'm put it right here. See, we have to understand. Seek ye first. Every day, I told my kids, I think it was Monday. I, these kids, I don't think these kids realize what they're getting. But anyway, they some of them do. But I broke the scripture down. I said, man, every day I wake up, I'm seeking first the kingdom of God. God, I am available for service however you want me to serve the kingdom today. I wake up and I'm seeking new levels of righteousness. I'm not what I mean by that. I'm not talking about the imputed righteousness of Jesus. I'm talking about to walk more righteously, to walk more like my father. That's it. That's it. I'm not talking about to, to do good, to get good. No, 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 no. I just want to be like him. That's it. That's what I mean by getting becoming better, seeking his righteousness. I want to be better so I can be a better example, so I can be a better epistle, right? If I take care of those two things, everything else is added. I don't have to worry about money. I don't have to worry about nothing. But if I seek first the kingdom of God, and all of his righteousness, all these things will be added unto me. Thank you for that reminder. But those who have signed, those who embrace the love of God or embracing the love of God, man, they're not affected by other people's opinions. Man, do you? I don't know. Maybe I'm just gonna I'm just gonna let you, I'm gonna let y'all come into my real life because I know I'm loved by God. So do you think I give a flip about what people think about me, bro? I do not care about what a person thinks of me when I know what. God thinks of me, fam. People got plenty of stuff to say about. Do you think I can? First off, I only go where I'm celebrated, not where I'm tolerated. That's that's rule number one when it comes to my engagements. I only go where I'm celebrated. When I walk in my school, I don't. There are some kids. There's some kids in my school who don't like me. And do you think I care? Do you think I care about what their parents think of me? Do you think I care? No. I go where I'm celebrated. I serve where I'm celebrated. I don't go where I'm tolerated. And when people have an opinion about me, I'm like, man, is it accurate? Now, don't get me wrong. When someone has a criticism about me, I take it into consideration. Even if it's with hate, I take consideration. That's wise. You just do that. Because sometimes your haters is the one that tells you the most truth. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Sometimes you got to be like, right, I hear you, but I don't fear you. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? That's the message you got to have. That you can't get so caught up in what people think. 
I don't even care. I care what my wife thinks, but I don't care about it more than I care about what God thinks. See what I'm saying? What I mean by it, we got to make sure it's prioritized. Do you think, of course I care what my wife thinks. Don't get me wrong. But I'm saying it never supersedes what God thinks of me, what I know God says about me, right? And that's essential. You got to know what God says about you, what God thinks about you. Because if you don't, you will sink by everybody else's opinions. Let's keep going. Signs you embrace or embrace the love of God, you're lighter and you're limited. You're observant and not easily affected by other people's opinions. Number V, number three, V, uh, you've you've elevated your vocabulary and vision for your life. You elevated your vocabulary. You don't talk like other people. You talk, you don't talk negatively, you talk positively. You know you love, you know you are have embraced the love of God or love yourself more. When you begin, your vocabulary has changed. You you think you only speak what's good, man. You don't you don't talk negatively about yourself. You don't talk negatively about others. You you have a different level of vocabulary. It's elevated. We're not talking about are you speaking all eloquently. We're not talking about that. We're talking about you speaking biblically. You speaking heavenly. You speaking positively. You've elevated your vocabulary. You don't think negative. Therefore, you don't speak negative. You change to what you speak, right? You also change your vision. Like you no longer see yourself low anymore. The love of God levels you up. And you begin to see what's up. You begin to see what's best. So the when you you know you've embraced the love of God or embrace the love of God, when you begin to see your vocabulary change, you don't even talk negative. You don't even talk nothing bad. You don't even talk nothing that's up. That's that's even could be could be taken negative because the demons are like vultures are waiting for you to give them legal right through your words to affect your life. Last but not least, signs you've embraced or are embracing love of God, you are empathetic. You're you've, you're empathetic and enjoying life. You're empathetic. You're more empathetic. You begin. You don't sympathize with people. You empathize with people. Sympathy means I feel sorry for you. Empathy says I feel sorry for us, because when you hurt, I hurt. That's what empathy is. You begin to have a better, a greater heart for people to serve them. Also, you begin to enjoy your life, man, man, it, man. I'm not waiting for a million dollars to enjoy my life, fam. I'm enjoying God in my life. Hope y'all was blessed by this video. Hope y'all got something out of it. That next we're going to talk about how this affects our counting, how it affects the way we believe and how we test things in front of us. That scripture talking about, um, beloved, uh, man, uh, don't believe every spirit, but test every spirit to see if it's of God. So this verse really goes into spiritual mathematics. And if you want to learn more about that, I have this book that I did, that this script, this whole scripture, that scripture I just told you, this book has a lot of these points in it to a degree. Um, some of these points are just Rhema. They're newer. So not in this book, but this book is a great resource on how to discern counterfeit or counterpart, how to continue to discern the will of God in every area of your life. It's a great book here that I think will be a blessing to you. And so we're on a ride right now during this course. So if you watch this right now, you're like, man, what are you talking about? Make sure you go to my website, Iamunplugged.com, or go to the chat. Go to the chat right now. Those on YouTube and hit that link or go in the description box and hit that link. Um, the wholeness journey course, sign up for the course as a worksheet there with all these notes there as well, uh, that'll be able to help you. Um, I think that's it. Make sure you check out this book, wholeness journal to help you on this wholeness journey. Great book with over 120 reflective questions to help you think about your wholeness, think about your family tree, think about your habits, think about what you enjoy and how they can affect how you hold the things in your life. This book, man, one of the, one of the greatest resources that God enabled me to create. And this book's available as well. Also, I have a card game that I created with it that you can purchase on my website as well called Whole How to, uh, uh, the, oh, the first one who spelled Whole Wins, 
It's a fun interactive card game, man. There was great discussion on wholeness as well as fun interactive activities like uh, mathematical equations, exercises, engagement things to help to see who wins. It's a fun game. And I think that you guys and gals will enjoy. Also got this book called The Purpose of Singleness. I, I'm wearing a shirt right now. Are you whole or full of holes? It, it helps those who are single to be able to process if they're whole enough um, to be in what they desire to have. Also, if you're in a dating relationship or not, this is a great book to help you date God, date yourself to become dateable. So you can take the love of your life forever. It's a great resource with great questions to ask your significant other or to ask yourself uh, to either end a bad relationship or extend the right relationship. Also, if you struggle with soul ties or strongholds, got this book called The Purpose of Freedom. How to Untie Soul Ties or Uproot Strongholds. Great book on deliverance and how to understand what soul ties are, strongholds are, and how to be set free. Of course, I just told you about this book here. Uh, my wife and I have our, our children's book called As He Says, As is for the Students I Serve. Great book and resource for students to understand their art form and how they can use it for God's glory. Also, if you're struggling with uh, spiritual warfare, I got this book called World War Me, Winning the War Within. If you can't defeat the war within you, how can you defeat the attacks outside of you? So all these books and card games are available on my website, imunplugged.com. Also, you need, if you need coaching, man, go ahead, man. I got some time coming up next year. Got some time right now next, before this year is up. And if you need coaching, let me know what your budget is. Let me know what you can do per, per, per hour or per, per month, and uh, we'll see what we can do. Uh, if you need relationship coaching, spiritual coaching, singleness coaching, purpose coaching, branded coaching, all this, that's the reason why I'm getting off now because I have a couple that I'm coaching right after this. So if you need help with that and you need want to speak to me one-on-one or with you and your significant other, uh, uh, pre-engagement coaching, engagement coaching, marital coaching, whatever you need, I got you when it comes to relationship stuff and spiritual singleness, purpose and branding, all that kind of stuff as well. Or if you just want to give and you feel like, hey, man, I feel led to support what this young man is doing. I feel like uh, him, what him and his wife is doing is amazing. You feel led in your spirit to give. You can give on my website as well. We appreciate your generosity in advance. For those who've been giving and supporting, man, you guys, I really appreciate you. However you give, whether you've gotten a T-shirt, whether you've gotten a book, whether you've gotten a card game, whether you've given hundreds of dollars or $1, all of us appreciate it, man. You guys are helping us with the young people. With our Propel Mentoring Program, we're working with two students right now to help develop the two, I got two girls right now who's writing books. I've got a couple other uh, kids who are working on their branding. So your support helps with that as I support the school that I work at. So we appreciate you all. Y'all's generosity. Y'all are amazing, man. I, and my wife and I, we appreciate you all. However you give, even if you just share a video that's given, even if you comment that's given, if you hit the like button that's given, we appreciate it. And we, uh, we love you all, all you all. Uh, for supporting us all over these years. And as we continue to do the work of God, uh, we appreciate you all. Uh, Lita says, I enjoyed this spiritual sermon today. Thanks so much. Bless you, brother. As God bless you too. Amen. What God has for me is for me. You are very wise because God gets the glory. And I know God gets the glory, man. I'm, I'm telling you, he gets the glory for that, man. I don't take no credit. All the credit belongs to him, man. He he is, he, um, let me just tell you about God and me, man. He's, man, he's just so good to me, man. I mean, this wisdom and this gift that he's given me, I I treasure it. I'm like, man, you making me look like I'm, man. And, but he gets all the glory, man. And uh, and it's an honor to serve you all with this gift, man. And um, he gets the glory, man. I'm about to get teary-eyed. That's how much I love God, man. He's just been so good. I love you all. Y'all be blessed. I'll see y'all next week, Lord willing. Check out the little clips that I post every day. Uh, hit that bell. All that good stuff, man. Love you all. Peace.